0: Welcome to Stories from Among the Stars. You're listening to A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martine, narrated by Amy Landon. Chapter 20. I carry exile in my heart. It animates my poetry and my politics. I will never be free of it, having lived outside of Teixcalaan for so long. I will always be measuring the distance between myself and a person who remained in the heart of the world, between the person I would have been had I stayed and the person I have become under the pressure of the frontier. When the 17th Legion came through the jump gate in bright star-snatching ships and filled up the Abrecti sky with the shapes of my home, I was at first afraid, a profound discontinuity, to no fear in the shape of one's own face. From Dispatches from the Numinous Frontier, Eleven Lathe. What, my dear, is worth preserving? Your joy in work? Mine in discovery? Private Letter, from Ambassador Yaskondar Agavan to the Cat. 19 ads. Undated. They were keeping the emperor in a bunker under Palace North. It took 45 minutes to walk there, Mahit and three seagrass and 19 ads and one of the aides, the young man, 45 sunset. They went through tunnels, avoiding the curfew, the roving bands of sunlit. The entire palace complex was riddled with them, deep under the ground. At her left, three seagrass murmured, The rumors are that the palace sinks as many roots into the ground as it does blooms into the sky. We daylight servants of the empire see only the flowers. Justice, science, information, war, and the roots which feed us are invisible but strong. Mahit liked hearing her talk. It was how they'd started this, barbarian and liaison. Three seagrass decoding takes Kalan for her. She liked it. And at the same time, she knew that Three Seagrass was doing it to keep herself calm. Nineteen ads moved them through checkpoints, guarded first by the shimmering AI walls of the city, opened by Nineteen ads as Cloudhook, and then by ever-increasing numbers of Teixcalaanlitslim, dressed very simply in gray tunics and trousers, with armbands bearing the imperial crest on their left arms. Mahit was reminded of the judiciary forces who had been chasing Twelve Azalea and thought of Eight Loop, who was Six Directions Kresh Sib, who might have given him a secret personal guard of judiciary-trained people. They all had shock sticks. Some of them, more as they went deeper, had projectile weapons. And one woman carried what Mahit would swear was a laser which should have been mounted on the prow of a small warship. None of them wore the full-face cloud hooks of the sunlit. The innermost guards wore no cloud hooks at all, and they took the cloud hook 19 ads was wearing from her. She gave it over easily. One lightning's infiltration of the city's AI algorithm, one lightning working through war, must have gone very deep to have the emperor guarded only by people who would be guaranteed free of any influence of it left as naked and abandoned by the vast flow of Teixcalaanli literature and history and culture and moment-to-moment news, as Mahit had been naked and abandoned when she had lost contact with her Imigo. Nineteen ads spoke to some of them. Others simply nodded to her. Mahit wondered how many times she'd come this way before. Whether she was new to this level of disaster and threat or if there had been other times in the long history of her service to Sixth Direction, that he had been forced to hide down here, in the strange heart of the Empire. I never knew about it, said Yaskander. He might have slept with you, but you weren't his, Mahit told him. I didn't want to be anyone's. I loved him. That's different. How can you love an emperor like you'd love a person, Yaskondar? Unspoken. How could I? Would I? She never had. That was all Yaskondar. She'd met the emperor twice, once in public and once in private, and been impressed, had felt the echoes of Yaskondar's familiarity all through her nerves and limbic system. But that wasn't her. Maybe it was them, though, the combination of her and both Yaskondas integrating together. And that might be a problem. She wanted to stay as objective as she could. Beyond the last door and the last guards was a small room, by imperial standards, flooded with sunlamp light. The whole ceiling was made of full-spectrum lamps. It was warm like basking in solar radiation on a viewport couch, was warm and bright enough that Mahit thought no one in here would ever sleep again. More gray-uniformed guards stood in the corners, and one of them stepped forward to take three seagrasses' elbow and gently separate her from Mahit and 19 Ads. She left willingly. Six Direction himself sat in the center of the room on a divan dressed in resplendent red, purple, and gold. And while at home in Palace Earth, he had borne a halo of sunlamps. Here in the deep places under the city, he was surrounded by a scintillating fortification of information holographs, a migraine aura composed entirely of reports. He looked terrible. His skin had gone to a gray-brown crepe, translucent purple under the eyes. And while the smile he turned on 19 ads and then on Mahit herself, was brilliant and sharp enough to make her heart flip over in her chest. She was scared for him, viscerally. He wasn't this bad when I died, Yaskander said to her. I don't think the past three months have done anyone any favors, including his brilliance. Dying men die faster when they aren't allowed to rest. Emperors don't sleep. Your brilliance said Nineteen Ads. I've brought you trouble again. So you have, said the emperor. Come sit beside me once more, Mahit, and let us see if we get any farther than we did in our last conversation. Mahit went, drawn forward by invisible strings, desire, hers and not hers, obedience to imperial authority, all the effort and sacrifice she had put into making this meeting possible. She sat, becoming part of the fortification aura of information, just one more piece of data surrounding Six Direction. There were visible bruises, this close up on the Emperor's wrists, over the veins, inelastic skin, and thin-walled vasculature insulated by what must have been countless injections. She wondered what was keeping him alive. "I also have come to bring you trouble," she said. "I hardly expected any less from Lacelle's station." Six directions smiled at her, Lacelle' smile, with mouth and teeth. And she didn't know what to do with how much she felt all at once. It would be so useful if she felt nothing, if she could be purely a political tool. Purely an instrument of preventing takes Kalan from annexing LaSalle. It would be so easy. To be cold and clear and. Talk, Mahit, or I will. For a moment, Mahit considered slipping, letting Yaskander have her, letting Yaskander talk to his Emperor one last time. And then she felt sickly horrified. Get the fuck out of my neurology and out of my limbic system, Yaskander. I am not you reborn. That is not how we are. A hiss, like static on a wire. Then, talk. Your brilliance, Mahit began. I have received actionable intelligence from my government on LaSalle, which describes a grave threat to Kalan. Graver, I am afraid to say, than the current unpleasant chaos outside this room, Do go on, said Six Direction. I could use a distracting problem, one slightly less intractable than my current situation, however grave. Mahit went on. She explained the entire message, explained it as she had to 19 ads, including its blatant political maneuver. And then she waited, to see what the emperor would say. He was quiet, For the space of a few breaths, she could hear the faint bubbling in his lungs. Then he looked to nineteen ads, and do you think our latest Lisselle ambassador is as credible as the last one? He asked her. Nineteen ads, standing next to three seagrass nearer the door, nodded. I wouldn't have brought her here if I didn't believe her. I think she's reporting exactly what she was told by her government and I think she's reporting her biases honestly. If this was at any other moment, my lord, I'd suggest she was coming to us for help. A fair diplomatic trade, vital information for her station's continued lack of being, formally, takes Kalanli. It is not any other moment, said Six Direction. He turned back to Mahit. I will ask you what I asked you before, Mahit Desmar and with appreciation and thankfulness at being informed of this danger, will you agree to what your predecessor agreed to? Give me what Yaskander would have given me, if not for my lovely friend, 19 adds, and the arrayed forces of science and judiciary. Trade me, my life reborn, and you will not even need this danger to protect your interests in the cell. Can't we be done with this sixth direction? Nineteen Ads said, and there was an aching, exhausted anguish in her voice. I want you to live, and to hold the throne forever. I will miss you all the days of my life when you are gone. But the Sun Spear Throne is not a barbarian medical experiment, and should not be. Look at Mahit, your brilliance. She has Ysconder in her, and she is not Ysconder. The emperor affixed his eyes on Mahit's. She felt like she was drowning. All the supernatural power she'd imagined a blood ritual to evoke for her was right here. And all it was was reflected limbic system response, a trick of neurology. And yet, there was a soap bubble thin hook behind her sternum, an ache. Six Direction lifted one of his hands. They did not shake and she had time to wonder at his strength and cupped her cheek in his hand. She let Yaskander, the sequence of responses, continuity of memory and its reflection on emotion, on pattern, that used to be Yaskondar, lean into that palm. Let him shut her eyes in a deep, slow flutter and then took it all back sat up straight with her eyes wide open and said your brilliance he loved you I have met you thrice in the shocked little silence that followed she went on besides I do not have an imago machine for you and I cannot even in a better situation than this get you one in time to preserve your memory before your life is over I am sorry, Six Direction, but my answer is no. The emperor smudged his thumb along the curve of her cheekbone. There's one in you, he said, isn't there? If you wanted, Mahid told him, swallowing hard against bright fear. He was the emperor, if he wanted to carve her open, He could wave a hand and one of the gray-clad guards would do it right here on the floor with five portico-surgical scar to guide them. You could put me and Yaskondar, two versions of Yaskondar even, it's complicated, it's also very fucking complicated, into your mind or into the mind of anyone you like. But there is no imago machine, your brilliance, which will bring you and only you into another person's mind. None, for two months' worth of travel. Six Directions sighed and let her go. She felt the afterimage of his hand like a brand, glowing hot, hypersensitive. It does not change very much, I suppose, he said. I have not been counting on the hope of resurrection since your predecessor's death. I was not expecting you to bring me hope. I had only wished for it. He waved a finger and 19 ads came to him, sank to the floor at his side on her knees. He put a hand to the back of her neck and she leaned up into it. Mahit had thought of her as an enormous tiger, clawed and dangerous and yet, she knelt, she leaned into that hand. Nothing Empire touches remains itself, Yskondor murmured to her. Or perhaps that was her own voice, casting itself in a tone she'd be most likely to believe. How goes this very stupid rebellion, 19 adds, asked the Emperor. Stupidly, 19 adds said, but badly for everyone. One lightning is killing civilians. 30 Larkspur is trying to unseat you via flat-out internal coup. I believe because he thinks if you die, eight loop and eight antidote will cut him out of the government. So he's using one lightning as an excuse to take preemptive power while you're still alive, and doing it by sending instigators into the streets with his ridiculous little badges of floral honor. We've lost two Rosewood in information. She's dead, or as good as and I don't have much hope about Nineteen Propulsion in war. If she hasn't gone over to One Lightning already, she might, at any time, if she thinks it will get her in Kat's position in his government. Would you like to be Information Minister, Nineteen adds, since you know everything already? I like my current title, as I've said multiple times, said Nineteen adds, and sighed a little. If you need me to be, though, I will. That's not what I need from you, Six Directions said. Mahit found absolutely no comfort in his phrasing. Neither, from her expression, did Nineteen Ads. Where is Eight Antidote? Nineteen Ads asked. If you can tell me, I am concerned, my lord, for his welfare it would matter very much where the 90% clone was. Even at 10 years old, was he convinced when you and Six Direction finally agreed on your trade, Ysconder, Or was he already an insurance policy? He was likely to be the first of the three co-emperors by virtue of his genetic heritage when Six Direction died, if Six Direction died before the child reached his majority. He's down here with us, said Six Direction. You will protect him, 19 adds, won't you? Of course I will. When have I not acted in your best interests, your brilliance? When she killed me, Iskander whispered, and Mahit wondered if the emperor was thinking the same thing. Oh, Once or twice, Six Direction said, and instead of flinching or being cowed, 19 adds, laughed. Mahit could abruptly imagine how they must have been when they'd first met. Nineteen adds a young military commander, Six Direction, come into the high blossoming of his power, the easy friendship that they'd struck up, the successes of their partnership. Then the emperor turned back to Mahit, and she felt quite small and terribly young, and not nearly as simpatico with these two Teixcalaan leadslam as Yskondor had been she wouldn't have become part of that strange triangle. Are you sure? It took me a decade to fall. You've had a week. No, she wasn't sure. She merely wasn't ready. So, Mahit Desmar, if you cannot solve the most fundamental problem of good government for me, if you cannot give me eternity and stable rule, What can your news from Daj Tarats give me? What shall I do with an alien invasion on the borders of my empire from down here, while I hide from death and deposition in the heart of my palace? And just like that, she was being given a test, the same way she'd felt on her first day here. Suddenly knowing she needed to speak, takes Kalanli all the time, not just in her mind or between friends. She would speak, takes Kalanli now. She knew the phrasings, the shadings. She had all of Yaskondra's long history with Six Direction, all the conversations they had had, over tables and at legislative meetings and in bed, to guide her. Everything that ached, her hand, her hip, the endless, endless headache, fell away, and she thought, all right, now. You can discredit one lightning, she said, and you can elevate eight loop above 30 Larkspur. Go on, she was flying. One lightning is waging an usurpation, an attempt to be acclaimed emperor. And has he won victories? No, is he even trying? No, he is leaving the edges of Teixcalaan open to alien threat. A barbarian had to bring this message to you, which is a shameful failure on the part of your Yautlek, who should have known of this danger first, but has put himself and his vainglorious ambition above the safety of the empire. She had to pause for breath. Behind her, she could feel three seagrasses' eyes on her and wished that her liaison was with her, close enough to hold her hand. And, Eight Loop warned the entire city that the annexation war, which 30 Larkspur supports has supported in public at your last oration contest, was of dubious legality due to the possibility of these threats. She fulfills her role as Judiciary Minister. 30 Larkspur is exposed as using his position of influence upon you to put you in political danger. She winced a bit. It does ask you to admit that you may have been led astray by your Azwazwa cat. I have to confess. A small price, Six Direction said. I am an old man and easily persuaded by interests foreign to me. Am I not? Never easily, my lord, Yskondor said, and Mahit had to clamp her jaw shut on the words. Instead, she shrugged, spreading her hands wide. Better to not say anything. Better to make this case for LaSalle Station in Takes Kalonli words. Six Direction looked down at 19 ads. Some communication passed silently between them. She nodded. His hand came off the back of her neck, and she got up to her feet, fluid and graceful for a woman in middle age who probably hadn't slept for a day and a half at least. We'll have to broadcast it, she said, on every feed. Imperial override, emergency message. And it will have to be you saying it, your brilliance. No one will believe a proxy right now. You saying it, and the ambassador pre-recorded and spliced in as appropriate. As ever, 19 adds, I do trust your judgment. 19 adds smile was more like a flinch. Mahit suspected she was thinking of how she had allowed Yaskander to die and doomed Six Direction at the same time it would be like a thorn in her a goad Six Direction must like that to have something to twist Ambassador Dismar said 19 adds Mahit will you record your statement from your government for us if this was the plan this was the plan. Yes, Mahit said, I will. Where should I go? Oh, we have everything we need right here, said Six Direction. Emperors have lived down here for months. A holograph recorder is nothing. He waved a hand toward some of his gray uniformed attendants, and they swung into motion. Some left the room. Others approached Mahit and the emperor on the couch with some weariness. She looks like she's been dragged through the riots, said one of them. The blood on her, I think we should keep it. It suits the gravity of what she brought you. Even barbarians can make sacrifices, said Six Direction. We could all take note of that. As the attendants helped her up from the couch and led her into a room which looked identical to the Imperial briefing room the Heat had seen on the news feeds when she'd watched the annexation war being announced from 19ADS's breakfast table, she tried very hard not to feel. filthy. corrupted. made useful. It didn't work. It didn't work, and it didn't stop her from telling her secrets again, this time to the recording cameras as clearly and persuasively as she could. The Emperor and Nineteen Ads had a brief, vehement argument about where they would broadcast the announcement from. Nineteen Ads was for everyone remaining hidden underground. But Six Direction waited her out, let her say all sorts of flattering things about his welfare and fragility, and then proclaimed that he was, in fact, the Emperor of all takes Kalon, and he would make this announcement fearlessly, from the Sun Temple at the top of Palace North, and that she would come with him and stand beside him while he did it. There was no real arguing with him. Mahit could feel the weight of his authority, even diminished and under threat, the long shadow of his eighty years of peace stretching out to shape even this moment. After the argument was over, there was the usual administrative chaos of orchestrating a complex public appearance on no notice a rapid twenty minutes of Imperial attendants talking briskly to one another, sending messages. The Emperor and nineteen ads vanished under heavily armed escort. Mahit caught sight of the child, eight antidote, being whisked off into the chaos of that escort, and thought of how many times he might have been moved similarly, relocated at the whim of one political moment or another. He looked at her as he went, a small, thin boy, observant, Straight-backed, Mahid thought of the birds in the garden palace. They don't even have to touch you, Eight Antidote had said then. He'd been talking about the birds, she'd thought at the time. But it was true. They didn't touch him. They moved him without laying hands on him at all. She herself was taken into another room, smaller, more private, strewn about with infofiche and print books, half-erased hollow projections still up on the screens. A workroom. There was a couch in the middle of it, and Mahit sat down on it. Someone brought her a warm washcloth to wipe the blood and dust off her face. Someone else brought her three seagrass, who was bemusedly holding a large cup of tea. And the two of them ended up sitting on the couch next to one another, watching the swirl of activity around them. Mahit felt unmoored, entirely cut away from the world all her tethers gone. Even Yskondra in her mind was a banked, quiet presence. Half the wall in front of them was taken up by an enormous hollow projection, the only one still active. It had begun broadcasting the imperial seal and flag with the countdown timer superimposed, 48 minutes until the emperor would speak to his people. At 37 minutes, the attendants, save for a guard at the door, All vanished, the great machine of imperial work lifting away and alighting somewhere else. Mahit had played her part. She'd given her secrets up. There was nothing she could do now but wait. Three Seagrass put her empty teacup down on the floor. 35 minutes. The quiet was velvet soft. Mahit couldn't stand it. What do you think they're doing? She asked just to hear sounds that weren't her own breathing or three seagrasses, lighter and more rapid. Three seagrass swallowed, pressed two fingers between her eyebrows, as if she was shoving back tears. Oh, I guess they're finding Eight Loop, she said, and her voice was not at all steady. Mahit turned, looked at her with real concern. For the visual impact of Imperial Authority, all of them standing together- Three Seagrass, are you all right? Oh, fuck, Three Seagrass said. No, I'm not, but I was hoping you wouldn't notice. They were alone. The door guard was guarding the door, looking away, a silent and still presence. They were suspended, out of time, out of the inexorable forward flow of events. Mahit reached out horribly conscious that this gesture wasn't hers, wasn't even Yaskander's but belonged to the emperor, and cupped Three Seagrass's cheek in her hand. I notice, she said. It was not unexpected when Three Seagrass burst into tears, but it was awful. Mahit felt guilty, like she'd caused it, this little shattering, like she'd tapped too hard on the shell of an egg and it had splintered held together only by the internal membranes inside. Hey, she said. Hey, it's... It wasn't all right, and she wasn't about to say so. Instead, acting on instinct and an upwelling of care, a feeling like her vagus nerve had been expertly struck and was vibrating, she reached to pull three seagrass into her arms. She came willingly. The slight weight of her rested against Mahit's shoulder, and her face was pressed into Mahit's collarbone. Hot tears dampened her shirt. Gently, Mahit stroked her hair, still unbraided from its habitual cue. The world was spinning on and on and on, the countdown at 32 minutes, and she couldn't fathom the wrenching depths of what this must feel like to three seagrass, who had looked like she would cry at the very mention of Civil War, back in Twelve Azalea's apartment. I thought I was fine, Three Seagrass said, muffled. But I keep thinking of all the blood. Fuck, I miss Petal so much. Already, it's been three hours and I miss him so much, and that was such a stupid way to die. Oh, not Civil War at all. Something much deeper, much more immediate. Mahit squeezed her arms around her and three seagrass made a miserable hiccuping sound. This is, the whole world is changing, and I'm crying over my friend, she said. Some poet I am. When this is over, said Mahit, you'll write 12 Azalea a eulogy that people will sing in the streets. He will be a synecdoche for everything Teixcalan is suffering right now, needlessly. No one will ever forget him. And that will be your doing and, oh, I'm just so sorry. This is all my fault. She was going to cry too. And what good would that do anyone? Two people crying on a couch underground? Three Seagrass picked up her head from heat shoulder looked up at her, tear-stained, red in the face from crying. There was a brief, strained pause. Mahit could swear she could hear the rushing of blood in her own capillaries. They were breathing exactly in time. When three seagrass kissed her, Mahit opened up for her, as if she was a lotus floating in one of the city's gardens at dawn. Slow, inexorable, like she had been waiting a long, long time through the night. Three Seagrass's mouth was hot, her lips wide and soft. One of her hands settled in Mahit's short hair, held on tight, almost tight enough to hurt. Mahit found her hands had landed upon Three Seagrass's shoulder blades. They were sharp under her palms. She pulled her closer, halfway into her lap, without breaking the kiss. This was a terrible idea. This was lovely. It was the nicest thing that had happened to her in hours, in days. Three seagrass kissed like she'd made a thorough study of the practice, and Mahit was glad of it, glad that she'd done it, glad of the distraction from everything else. They broke apart. Three seagrasses' eyes, inches from hers, were very wide and very dark, and red at the corners where she'd wept. Petal was always right about me, she said. Mahit tucked a stray strand of her hair behind her ear and let her talk. I do like aliens, barbarians, anything new, anything different. But I also... If I'd met you at court, Mahit, if you were one of us, I'd have wanted to do that just the same. What she was saying was exquisite, a balm and a comfort, and horrible at the same time. If you were one of us, I would want you just the same. And Mahit wanted simultaneously to climb back inside her mouth and shove her out of her lap. She wasn't Teixcalaanli. She was... She hardly knew anymore. Except that she wasn't Teixcalaanli, and wouldn't be, no matter how many lovely Tim climbed into her arms, tear-stained, wanting to be held. Wanting to be held after sacrificing nearly everything she was for Mahit's sake. I'm glad you did, she managed, because she was, because it had been sweet. Come here, let me... Let me. Her hands in three seagrasses' hair, on the narrow channel of her spine, holding her. They didn't kiss again, just breathed together in time, until the hollow projection screen chimed, fifteen minutes, and changed, beginning to show a series of aerial images of the city, what someone might see from the vast height of the Sun Temple on top of Palace North, The eyes of the Emperor opening up. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow Stories from Among the Stars on your preferred podcast app to get the next episode. Or if you just can't wait, you can buy the audiobook of A Memory Called Empire wherever books or audiobooks are sold. We hope you're enjoying this season. Please tell us what you think by filling out a quick survey with your feedback. Just go to bit.ly surveysfromamongthestars from among the stars. That's bi tl slash surveys from among the stars. Thank you.